The Anarchist's Workbench by Christopher Schwarz Published by Lost Art Press This recording is by Ray Defterius and is not affiliated or endorsed by Lost Art Press in any manner. Any errors or omissions are purely the fault of the narrator, as is any general bungling of pronunciation of names. Chapter 13 Build the Base The parts for the workbench's base are created by laminating lots of one and a quarter thick bits of pine together. The laminations are also used to create much of the joinery for the base. Using notches and plywood spaces as you glue things up, you'll make all eight tenons required for the bench, plus four of the twelve mortises you need. It's easy to do if you make all your pine parts exactly the same one and a quarter thick. I'm repeating the one and a quarter stuff for emphasis, another mark of quality literature. Processing the stock. Rip all the stock using the techniques described earlier to avoid case hardening woes. Rip the parts about a quarter inch over wide compared to the cutting list. Cross cut all your parts two inches over long compared to the cutting list. It might seem wasteful, but creating slightly oversized parts gives you flexibility to deal with defects. And it gives you some breathing room as you work to your target width and thickness. Plane everything down to one and a quarter inches in one session. Don't run a few parts, then come back later and run some more. If everything is exactly the same thickness, assembly will be easy. Well, easier. With the stock planed down, begin by making the legs. Lord of the Rings The first thing to do is arrange the four boards that will make up each leg of the bench. You're going to look at these legs for decades, so arrange the grain and colour on the edges so things don't look stupidly jarring, hide knots and defects. But wait, there's one important consideration. When gluing up boards face to face, try to orientate the growth rings sympathetically in each leg. What the hell does that last sentence even mean? Basically, the hard side of one board should always touch the bark side of its neighbour. A photo explains it easily. Why? If the board's in the lamination cup, they will help keep the seams at the edges closed and tight. Why again? Remember, the bark side of a board becomes cupped as it dries. The hard side bows out. Put a bow and a cup together, and the shapes are sympathetic or complementary. Put a bow against a bow, or a cup against a cup, and you might have a struggle on your hands, or some gaps at the seams. Create the tenons and mortises. Once you have the leg pieces arranged properly, cross-cut the four leg laminations to final length. The two interior laminations are three inches longer than the two exterior laminations. That creates the tenon that goes into the bench top. Once you get the leg stop cross-cut, you can cut notches that will create the mortises for the long stretches. First, decide the position of each leg front, back, left, right, and draw a cabinet maker's triangle on the top of the leg parts to keep them orientated. That will help you figure out where the mortises should be. The mortises are four inches up from the floor, and they are one and a quarter by four by three and an eighth deep. So basically you have to cut a four inch by three and one eighth inch notch in one lamination of each leg. When you glue up the leg, the notch becomes a mortise. 
saw two walls of the notch and pop out the waste with the chisel. It's quick work. Before you glue up the leg, you can make things easier by nailing on some scraps of wood to keep the outer laminations in place. Cut some scrap plywood to 3 inches long by the width of the leg pieces, about 5 and a quarter inch. Nail the scraps in place. With the leg laminations loosely put together, mark the mortise location on the neighbouring laminations. Then tape off those areas, so they won't get glue on them during assembly. Gluing up the legs is a lot like gluing up the top. Lots of glue applied with a roller. The difference here is that I also nail the laminations together, layer by layer, so they don't slide around. The nail isn't a fastener, it adds no strength, but it keeps your parts from shifting when they shouldn't. First apply glue and put one outer lamination against one inner lamination. Drive a couple nails through the inner lamination and into the outer. This way no one will see the nail heads. Then add another inner lamination and a couple of nails. The last outer lamination can be nailed in place, but the nail heads will show. I usually skip the nails here, figuring I can prevent one lamination from sliding around too much. Clamp up the laminations, look for gaps. Remove the excess squeeze out, look for gaps all around. Tighten the clamps again, look for gaps. Remove any more squeeze out, look for gaps. You'll also want to carefully check all the seams for gaps. Let the legs sit in the clamps overnight. Repeat this process for the other three legs. After you remove the clamps, pop the scraps off the tenons, I use a pry bar, and peel the tape off the mortise wall. Gluing up the stretches is easier than the legs. There are only two laminations. There are no mortises. And the scraps that make the tenons help keep things from sliding. Crosscut your pieces to size. The inner lamination is 6 inches longer than the outer lamination. That means each tenon will be 1 and a quarter inches by 4 inches wide by 3 inches long. So cut some plywood scraps so they are 4 inches wide by 3 inches long and nail them to the end of the long laminations. Glue and clamp up each lamination just like you did for the legs. Tighten the clamps, remove excess glue and look for gaps. You know the routine. Mortises for the short stretches. Once everything is out of the clamps, you still need to cut four mortises in the legs to receive the short stretches. These mortises are the same size as the other mortises, one and a quarter by four by three and an eighth deep. With mortises this big, it's best to bore out most of the waste and finish the job with the chisel. First, lay out the locations of the four mortises. They are four inches up from the floor. And so you'll quickly realize that the two mortises in each leg will intersect. That's fine, and we'll rabbit the tenons to make everything fit like a puzzle inside. After laying out the mortises, I do it with marking gauges and knives, drill out the waste. I use a one and a quarter inch forstner bit in a drill press. If you don't have a drill press, use an electric drill or a brace and drill one inch or one and an eighth inch diameter holes. Now square up the corners of the mortise with a chisel and mallet. For years, Years, I used a corner chisel to do this operation. It seemed the smart thing to do. Need to square a corner? How about a corner chisel? I don't own a corner chisel anymore. They don't do a better job and they're a pain to sharpen. Just knock the waste out with a simple bevel edge chisel 
and a mallet. First I bust up the waste with the chisel orientated perpendicular to the grain of the junk in the corner. Then I remove the waste with the chisel's edge parallel to the grain. By the fourth mortise you'll be an expert. And you'll be done. Fit the tenons. Plane the machine marks off the stretches and fit the tenons to their mortises. Try to do as much work on the tenon as you can. It's easier to manipulate the tenons than the interior of the mortise. But you'll probably will have to chisel out bits of the mortise to get things to work. I strive to be able to sink each tenon with hand pressure alone. If I have to mallet at home, it's too tight. If the tenon enters into the mortise like a mouse in a mammoth cave, it's too loose. Glue some thin scraps on the tenon to tighten up the fit, or drawbore the joint and try not to worry too much. After you get all the tenons going into their respective mortises, you'll notice a problem. The two tenons in each leg intersect in the middle of the mortise, tip to tip. One traditional way to fix this is to mitre the ends of both tenons. I've done this many times. At some point I started rabbiting one end of one tenon instead which seemed easier to my mitre dodging behind. On paper the rabbit should be half inch by half inch, but you should confirm this by putting the two tenons in the mortise and measuring how much meat needs to be butchered away. You can make the rabbits on either the long stretches or the short. Cut the rabbit with a handsaw, which is the most direct, non-stupid way to accomplish this simple task. Make sure the two tenons nest together nicely in their shared mortise. Draw boring. With all the legs and stretches apart, now is the time to drill holes for draw boring. Why now? Because you will use the drawbore pegs to temporarily cinch the base tight while marking out the mortises on the underside of the benchtop. First mark out where the 5 8 holes for the pegs should go on the legs. All the centers should be 1 inch away from the long edge of the leg. Any closer and you risk splintering the leg. And if you move it too far towards the end of the tenon, You'll destroy the tenon when you drive the peg home. For the long stretches, I centered the holes in the 4 inch mortise opening. For the short stretches, I moved the center point up 7 eighths so that the two holes didn't intersect in the middle of the leg. That is bad, and I have done it. Drill the holes all the way through the leg. They are not blind holes. Now you need to drill the holes through the tenons. These are offset 1 eighth towards each tenon's shoulder. Toward the tenon shoulder. Toward. You will do this wrong at some point in your life. Try to save that mistake for a future project. Put each joint together, then take a 5 8 inch poor snow or gibbet and drive it into the 5 8 inch hole to mark the center point on the tenon cheek. Disassemble the joint and then move the center point 1 8 of an inch towards the tenon shoulder. Toward. Then drill a 5 8 inch hole through each tenon. Make your pegs. I make my drawbore pegs using 5 8 inch by 5 inch dowels I've shaved from straight grain material. Yes, you can buy the stuff from the store, just look for poker straight grain. Then I point one end of each peg like a pencil, about 1.5 inch from the end. Apply candle wax, paraffin, to the whole peg. This will make the peg go in easily and go out when you are temporarily assembling the base. Turn the bench top so it's upside down on your saw horses. Assemble the bench's base loosely on the underside of the bench top so it's also upside down. Tap the drawbore pegs a bit into each hole. As soon as the joint tightens up, 
stop with the taps.